<laughs> Welcome to the big kickoff uh, on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Dave's not here today. Glenn, you're filling big boots now today. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. I'm back with a bang and uh, tracksuit bottoms. And so. his tracksuit bottoms, yeah. You won't get bullied today, anyhow, no, that's no. for sure, because Dave's not here. Um, did you get to see much of the Nations League? Um, are you seeing the goal? Dead goal? I'm sure there was a few goals in the Nations League. It wasn't just one match. <laughs> I seen the Ireland goal. Okay, yeah. Um, and I I read a lot of the summaries, and uh, it just seemed like glorified friendlies. Yes, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. We we'll go deeper into that now. Afterwards, we have a. We're going to talk about a little bit about Serena Williams. We're going to talk a little bit, probably about the fixtures at the weekend, any League of Ireland and Premiership football, and anything across. And we have a few little stories and such. But we will start with a song. What have we got? Uh, waiting for the stars from Vitalik. And welcome back to the big kickoff and Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to text us, it's 87062 7138. And of course, you can get us on all social media. And uh, email is thebigkickoff96.4 at gmail.com. Now, Serena Williams. She's been branded a spoiled brat and pathetic for her outburst in the US Open final. The 36-year-old was docked the game in the crucial second set of her match against Naomi Osaka for calling the umpire, Carlos Ramos, a thief, having previously received two code violations. And she used her subsequent post-match press conference to call the penalty sexist. With the International Tennis Federation since backing Ramos, the spotlight has been cast firmly back on Williams for her petulant display. As well as her outburst at the umpire, Williams also broke her racket after smashing it on the floor in frustration at the call. Glenn, did you see it? Um, haven't didn't see it live. You've heard I've, about it. Though. I've heard it. Um, I, I do. I think she was in the wrong. Mm, not really. Not really. She shouldn't have reacted like that. But she had every right to feel hard done by. Okay, well, before we get into this, this discussion, I suppose, let's have a listen, little listen to Serena at the moment. A few moments later. Give me a point to lose a game for whoever's saying that is not 
at the cost of a game penalty. Say it. Say you're sorry. Well, then you're. Then don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. And you stole a point from me. You're a thief too. Yeah, the calling him a thief was really what, what put it over. I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality. Okay, so she's there fighting for women's rights and women's equality. Just a couple of things that she mentioned to the umpire as she was having her rant. You will never, ever, ever be on another court of mine as long as you live. You're a liar. You owe me an apology. You're a thief too. You stole a point from me. So you explain to me, Glenn, your opinion on how she was right. Um... Well, she wasn't right to go off like that, and um, oh, you see, you you you've you've taken my words, changed them, <laughs> and thrown it back at me now. Um, Billie Jean King, yeah, summed it up. Tennis legend. Uh, she had, she was totally out of line to react like that, but Carlos Ramos blew it. Are his Billie Jean King's words? Okay, why? Well, she sounded like a spoiled brat, didn't she? She did. She could have, oh. I don't think there's any way around. And Let's put it this way. Ramos is there to do a job. And his job is to referee the game. Now, the first code violation, if he believes that there's been coaching, then it's code violation. Second one is simple. He's, she smashes the racket. That's a code violation, no matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't make a difference. And the third one... It's a simple one. If you're going to call someone a thief and a liar and trying to discredit the umpire of a game, that's it. Third violation indicates you lose a game. So there is nothing there that says that she shouldn't have lost the point, the game. Maybe the only thing was the coaching. Was it? Was it not? But then again, she's not losing that. That's just a warning. So she probably shouldn't have gone off the way she she went off. But why did she go off the way she went off, do you think? Sponsorship? Uh, maybe, maybe. Publicity? Yeah. I would say there's, there's a lot of things. There's been a lot of things written about it. And one of the things is how she was brought up, her surroundings when she was brought up. And I believe that there was a lot of, when she was growing up, there were always the two outsiders, probably because there were two black girls within a sport that wasn't full of black girls at the time. So I think they got a lot of bullying on it and they were always up against it. So there's always that kind of thing that they're up against the, I don't know, the game or up against the, the, the odds. And, and she probably more than likely was frustrated because she was getting outplayed anyhow. And then for her to believe that she's been called a cheat probably brought her over the edge. And at that stage, then she had lost it altogether. But she also lost her, I don't know, probably lost any sort of, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, respect that she had in the game for how far she let it go. Yeah, very reminiscent of John McEnroe. Yeah, exactly like John McEnroe. But John McEnroe got punished every single time. 
you know, John McEnroe abused umpires, but he got the punishment that he deserved. He's been disqualified. You know, O'Connor's, uh, Connors, who played in that era, he got disqualified many a time for the exact same thing. So for her to bring in sexism, I think is wrong. Is there stuff that men get away with that women don't get away with? I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I, I do know it's a bit like referee in a football game. You're going to have different referees, some who are lenient, some who are strict. And you know what way you have to play a referee. If you play into the hands of a referee, obviously, like Ramos is, if you do something wrong, he's going to punish you straight away. You know that. If you're out on a football pitch and you mouth at a referee who's like Ramos, he's going to book you. Then he's going to send you off and he's not going to ask any questions. So you, ha- you have to know that. But I do think it all came from stemming from the fact that she wants to come back against the odds. She wants to make sure she's, I think it's 24 major titles, is it? 26. 26. And she wants to get that re- record. And she's so close to it. And maybe she believes, because she's 36 now, maybe she's looking at the game and going, right, I'm after being out. I had a child. Obviously, she won the Australian Open pregnant. But she's after being out for a while. Is she going to be able to come back as good as she, as she was? So I'd say there's a lot of doubt in her own mind now, especially at, at that stage when Ozaka was really putting it to her anyhow. I, I was disappointed for her because she ruined her whole first Grand Slam win. You know, the whole first Grand Slam win for her was absolutely destroyed just because she was being, let's, let's put it this way, she was. She's uh, been a, a, a ch- prat. Yeah, and a bit of a, an a-hole, really. Yeah. You know, because you don't act like that. You, you should not act like that. And not especially not if you're 36 years of age. Especially if you're saying, oh, I was always treated like this. I was always treated like this. It's like, it's, you're double standards now. Yeah. So I think what she wanted really was a little bit of, a special treatment because she's the the big golden star child. she's the golden child yeah she's she's up there so she she wasn't really fighting for women's rights she wasn't really fighting for uh, you know the underdog or anything like that she was fighting for her own case and to have that little bit of special treatment where she could say what she wanted and for her to actually say you'll never ever be on a court as if she dictates you know just a little bit above a station and maybe it's a big mistake but it is a big mistake in well, the end. Well, you know, if if she branded, obviously, uh, it was sexism. Technically, if the sport is unsexist, she'll be punished for that comment. Yeah. You'll never, ever be on my court again. Yeah. Now, again, there's no way that any man or any woman should ever be able to turn around and call a ju- or an umpire a thief, uh, call him a liar, you know, th- if you keep doing that, and again, I always refer back to football because football is my sport, but if you went that, said that to a referee, you're gone, red card. He wouldn't even ask. That's it. Yellow card, red card, gone. Because you're questioning his authority out on the pitch. And if he lets you away with that, the whole thing crumbles. So, yeah, I, I, I think she's, I think she, I think she's just that, that child in her came out and it was, I don't know if she spoils, but she certainly came across that way. Right, she, Definitely does sound spoiled, yeah. Could have been a bit of pressure on her from you know, Nike. Obviously, been a tough week for Nike. Yeah. With the whole Copperneck scandal, even though their sales are up, you know. And this well, is well, they all they always say that the, there's uh, no such thing as bad news, is there? So well, you know, we have you're going against one, and now we have a, a spoiled brat showing up. Both sponsored, both branded with Nike ticks all over. Yeah, but we've said but, Nike, we've said Nike now four or five times, yeah. so. It's Nike. And, 
it, uh, that's what I was saying. It's publicity. A lot of it is publicity. We're spending 10 minutes talking about it. Yeah. How many people have gone, oh, well, I want to see this and Google Serena Williams and then probably ended up on our Twitter page or, or video, on an yeah. Instagram post sponsored by a tennis racket company. Yeah. So there you go. But overall, you still believe... I, I still believe she had every right to fail slightly hard done by but she shouldn't have reacted like that especially in public especially on the court and especially try turn it around and say oh it was sexist or it was racist or whatever she wanted to say keep it to yourself cause yeah. well she, she, again as I said I come back to it if she didn't believe that the first one was a code violation she just well listen I'm not happy with that. I've never done that. I've never cheated. I'm concentrating your game. Surely there's an appeal. Surely there is a way of appealing it. And surely if if it was a female umpire, would it have been sexist? Well, she she actually has a history of lashing out at female umpires too. So I actually had a clip and I should have brought it with me. I should have had it ready for it. But she, she has... I, I lined it up for you. <laughs> but she she has a history uh, of doing the exact same thing to female umpires as well. So this is not really about that. And I think if she when she sits down and thinks about it, it really isn't all about that. So uh, we're going to go to a quick ad break and then we're going to come back. Broadcasting to Lucan. This is Liffy Sound. 96.4 FM And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM 0870627138 That's every week So contact us if you want to uh, bring up a, a topic of conversation Also it's the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com And again all the social media from Twitter, Facebook and Instagram Now Nations League was on last week Just general Glenn Nations League or friendlies? Glorified friendlies. Unless you're in the A League or unless you're in the D League and it's a... The glorified friendlies with a perk at the end. Listen to the question. <laughs> Nations League or friendlies? Which would you rather have? Oh, listen... Which would listen. you rather have? Because oh, they're, obviously taking o- they're obviously taking over from friendlies, yeah. the bulk of friendlies. So is Nations League a better alternative than just your general friendly? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think but so. you still don't like the Nations League I still just think that they're glorified friendlies they don't mean anything at the moment until you get to the business end and you're like oh look I don't think we're going to qualify for the Euros but we could finish with the highest points in our uh, division as such A, B, C or D and then you're in Like I like the fact that we're guaranteed someone like San Marino or Luxembourg in the Euros now. In what Euros? Every Euros from now on. We aren't. How are we? Because we are Europe. Yes. How do we? How are we guaranteed no, no, San Marino? We're not guaranteed to play them. But oh, yes. We are guaranteed to see a team like Luxembourg. Or get through. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were saying we were going to play them. I said we're going to skip two divisions. We're going to get relegated twice. That's how bad we are. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying. So we are going to see, but we're not going to see, obviously, them teams. It's more than likely going to be the Belarus or the Georgia who's going to get through of, 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 the, of that well, you group. Have one from A, one from B, one from C, one, one from, from D. D. But that's like, what I'm saying. Belarus and Georgia are in D. 
So yeah. they're more than likely going to be. But what it does do is give them teams down there the chance to not sit back anymore and try and keep it to seven goals. Yeah. Now they can actually get out and attack and play proper football now. So And they're going to be playing against teams of somewhat their own quality. Yeah. And look, Georgia probably won't qualify through the qualifiers, so they'll finish with the highest points in D. That means they get promoted to C. Yeah. So... Someone has to get relegated though too. Someone does have to get relegated. Yeah. So what what we'll do is it will give more confidence to the smaller teams because they are going to get more results under their belt. It will give them a chance to qualify for a tournament, which is hugely important that they actually believe they have a chance. Whereas before it was just uh, just taking part. Yeah. I do, I do believe myself. I actually think it's a good tournament. I think it's a, it's a really good tournament because. For watching it, let's put it this way, for the viewer, it means something. So it's not, like we looked at Ireland and Wales, and then you look at Ireland and Poland. Ireland and Wales, competitive game, we obviously got stuffed, but it meant something, so there's more to it. So you feel more joy or more disappointment, obviously more disappointment for us. Poland, friendly, you don't get anything out of it, bar sort of a, a, a false view of what way the team yeah. is. You know, so it's a secure view. So you don't really get out of that. I believe, oh yeah, the, the goal scorer, Gary Gibson, the goal scorer, Glick, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Leeds United Leeds. for Poland. <laughs> oh, for Northern Ireland as well. So there you go. The, the mighty Leeds are back in Europe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ireland again. Just quickly discuss, did you get to see the Ireland game? Um, which one? The Poland game. Uh, no, i seen certain parts. Okay. Seeing the goal from O'Brien. Yeah. Very good header. Yeah, good header. Uh, good delivery. Well, it was a good delivery. Considering the team we had out, I thought uh, positives looking forward. Now, obviously, uh, R- Ronan Curtis got the late call-up. That's right. And never got a look in. Nope. That's at least... It's positivity looking forward, looking at underage players. At least he's not going. Oh look, we have an under twenty one squad. Yeah. Oh look, they're winning. Yeah. Oh yeah. look, I'm gonna play John Walters, who's thirty four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and he he does need to start looking at these players and see if they can make the step up. Because in fairness, that's what Ryan Giggs has done there. Yeah. It, it's 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 simple. If you haven't got the players anymore, or the legs are going in certain positions, you've got to start trusting your youth players, and maybe one of them will step up to the plate better than you actually think they will. Now, for me, the Ireland, obviously I watched the full game because I'm a pro and that's what we do in this job, you know. So, <laughs> but in the Ireland game, the shape was interesting because he played three at the back, five midfield and two up front. The shape was interesting because we need two up front, but we certainly can't afford to have four in midfield because we get played off the park with a, 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 two, a two against three in the centre midfield so and we've more centre backs probably than any position anyhow so it, it's probably it probably does suit us first yeah. of all uh, second of all when we're defending it's really a five so that suits us as well you know uh, so it, it's, a, it's a quick way to get an attack on it is yeah even yeah. though we're very slow yeah well we played for us for Martin O'Neill to say that we can't play football he, it's so wrong that because when we went to the European Championships, we played football against Sweden. We played football against Italy. We played football against France. We didn't play football against... Uh, which uh, Tactics were changed against Belgium. Belgium. 
but we oh. played we played good football sporadically and I mean really really sporadically during the qualifying campaigns at times we played we probably play, didn't play as much football in the qualifying uh, I think it's a, it's a fear factor but again the other night it showed with players seemingly and I'm, put, I'm doing this uh, inverted commas thing seemingly lesser players than the players that were missing which I don't believe because I don't think there's a difference between the players that were there the other night and the players that are missing except experience yeah well you, you look at Walters Walters probably goes to train and expects to be in that squad you know on the 20 under 21 lads or you know the, the lads that get their first time in are going in you know and they don't know whether to be hungry to fight or happy to be there because you don't know if Martin O'Neill is going to use you or just pick you leave you on the bench could throw you on the pitch for five minutes and mm. get you that cap and secure you for the country but you know but we'll just look over that what I think Ireland need to improve is a youth development officer and the perfect man for the job don't tell me Brian Kerr per- no but look at what he's done with you players he is the most talented manager especially with youth players that we could possibly pick and he he's the best man to nurture our young talent yeah and god knows we have a lot of young talent but in such a egotistical game they need to be nurtured n- nurtured neutered <laughs> <laughs> i knew you were going to say that uh, th- i know and i don't know if you know this but brian Kerr and john delaney do not get on well one, one john delaney doesn't get on with anyone except his wallet but he doesn't get on with Brian Kerr. Yeah. And um, when he came into power, Brian Kerr was his manager and contract wasn't renewed, which he probably deserved his contract renewed as Ireland manager at the time because he had two year he had two years which they just barely missed out on qualifying. And he could have probably when we looked at it at the time, we were like, he probably should have qualified and he probably should have qualified. But he would have learned from a lot of mistakes in that. And would have brought it forward. And from what I've heard, uh, again, I've listened to Liam Brady on a couple of podcasts, that Brian Kerr, and there is no one like this now, and he knows because he he does be talking to people in, uh, in the FAI about players and over in Arsenal and such. No one talks to the young players like Brian Kerr did. No one made them enthusiastic about coming. The likes of Declan Rice and Jack Grealish and stuff like that. In Liam Brady's opinion, they would be cemented already because Brian Kerr would give them that enthusiasm and assurance that this is the right move to make. And he did that with multiple players all the way through the youth setup. And I think he is missed from that youth section because he does bring the best. And his his I suppose his love for the country, his love for the game. Yeah. You just can't you can't you just can't get that. That's there. That's him. And you don't see too many like him around. It's it's proper football he enjoys. Mm. Not money ball. Now it, I I've often seen him at League of Ireland matches. Yeah. I've often seen him engaging with fans after League of Ireland matches. I've often seen him pundit at League of Ireland matches. And he is one of the best pundits. You know, so if he was to take up a role with Ireland, it would be a loss for fans that sit at home and watch the match. Yeah. It, it, no doubt. It was a very good World Cup. Right, purely for Brian Kerr. But brilliant. 
if Delaney was doing anything for the FAI, for the National League, for the national team, for the underage teams, which in fairness to him, the underage setup seems to be very good. But would I say that's John Delaney picking and pointing what to do? I wouldn't say so. But if he was in it to do good for the FAI and for the national team, he'd bury the hatchet. He would say, right, I know we don't get along, but I don't really do anything in the first place. So you can do what you do. I'll do what I do. If we cross paths, we cross paths. Yeah. We'll put it aside like the professional organization we should be. And I don't see a problem with that. There's yeah. been plenty of... Yeah, but obviously, if you're Brian Kerr and you're in that role, you're going to be telling John Delaney, we need this, we need that, or already he already has done. We need this, we need that. This needs to be done. We have to change this. And John Delaney probably doesn't want to change anything because he's happy with what way it is. And that's clear by the way the, the, the country is with the not only the League of Ireland, but even the underage structure. There is no care about any of that. Yeah, well, the setup, there's no care by the head honchos in the FAI. Mm-hmm. There's care for the people that are knee deep in the underage setup. Oh, that's obvious. But, but um, again, you know, we're talking about the hierarchy. You can see it as we go up, you know. It's like we shoot up underage teams, it kind of plateaus and falls. Yeah. And it's a lot of it is to do with the egos in football nowadays. And the egos now seem to be spreading to the board realm of certain organisations and certain football clubs, as you can see. And, you know, owners thinking they know best for football. You know, a lot of the owners are businessmen. They should stick to the business aspect. Yeah. John Delaney is a CEO. He should stick to the business aspect or what his specific job title is. Yeah, but is that not the problem? Is that not the problem that he is? He doesn't want to invest. He doesn't want to lose money. Well, it's not his money to lose, is it? The yeah. FAO is funded by the It's his job. It's his job. Well, it's he has a lovely UEFA job he can fall back on. But he, he obviously will go to that at some stage. Well, like, if he hasn't been sacked... Yeah, for not investing. He's never going to be sacked. Yeah, but he's not going to. There's too many people in there with cushy jobs that John Delaney gave them. They're not going to vote against yeah. him. He, th- it's, a, it's a click. And that's so, the way it is. So why not take a gamble? There's, there's so much wrong with the organisation. You, uh, like, you could pop off at them at any moment mm. you wanted. Well, we talked a little bit about the shambles last week and we've talked a little bit now. We'll move on because we could be here all night talking about John Delaney. Unless we get him in and he's going to ask us some questions, we probably we all know how we feel about the whole situation. So it isn't going to progress unless people are willing to. And it looks like people just, i.e. the FAI, are not willing to push on the League of Ireland, not willing to help out uh, football clubs around the country. Now, the rest of the Nations League, do you get to see any games? Um, I didn't get to see any full games, got to see parts of certain games, got to watch highlights of different games. Yeah, it was unbelievable that Spain hammered Croatia, Croatia. 6-0. In oh. Alicante, is, but I, to be honest, I was more surprised that the match was played in Alicante. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't really expecting much from Croatia. I think they've exhausted themselves. Probably a good time. I think, remember, la- I, you wouldn't remember the last time. 
Croatia got third in the World Cup. They with David Zucker and players like that, and Ireland played them in the next in the next qualifying campaign for the European Championships, and Ireland beat them two one uh, or two nil at home, and it's kind of a hangover. It's like they've celebrated yeah. so much, and it's it's a kind of brought back down to earth again. It's for such a country that they're never in that position before. And, and you've seen them, you know, they, you've seen the way they've played so much over such a recent time. They're not going to over a week of being in the camp they're not going to say right we're changing everything up yeah, yeah so yeah like spain obviously didn't get as far as croatia spain have a lot more depth of players spain also have a new manager who probably didn't get to fully introduce his tactics and his style of playing yeah for the world cup so is it a a fair comparison no not really but would spain have won if it was fair probably would have won so well, the good thing about as I said with the Nations League if you don't get through on this there's the uh, the, not the regular qualifiers anyhow yeah. so it's, there's two opportunities so Croatia won't feel too disheartened only that they got stuffed by six goals and that's not a pretty thing at all uh, England first game against Spain went 1-0 up lost 2-1 it's England not, isn't it it's England uh, I mean it, it's not it's not a bad thing to be beaten by Spain no. you know so but the thing is is that now they realise that they're they're back in they're they, away from the they, World Cup it's yeah. over it's gone that moment is gone and now you're back to, to realistic one of the things I'm, I'm really interested in is you obviously have promotion you have relegation in the Nations League none of those teams who are France Germany Holland Switzerland Belgium Iceland Portugal Poland Italy Spain England and Croatia none of them want to lose that especially the so-called big teams which would be the England Spains France's Germany's none of them want to lose their status as the top nation yeah. league if they get relegated into B that's a that's a, a, a blow for them you know it just you know for their for their egos it's a it's a blow for them so they wouldn't want to be and all of a sudden now England are staring down the gun at possible relegation if they don't get the next result which obviously they're going to be playing Croatia they don't get the next result under their belt relegation to be after going to a semi-final of a World Cup it just brings everything back down to earth again doesn't it yeah if you, you really do see that England fans can deny they got a handy draw in the World Cup all they want but mm. now you really do see well the draw could have been against them much more than it was yeah now there's no handy draw in a World Cup it's the, the word of that is completely wrong because anything can happen in a World Cup anything can happen in international football they did, they did play well like it's just that they didn't play off this planet yeah well we're, we're sp we, we expect so much from such a young England team that you know the World Cup yeah it was good but it still doesn't mean their experience because they got to a semi-final yeah. like they've still only played X amount of matches like if you play ten friendlies and ten games in the World Cup, who's who's more experienced? You've both mm. played ten games. Yeah. Um, France top of Group One in League A, they drew with Germany and beat Holland. Holland actually, I watched the, the Germany. Uh, I didn't see Germany France. I seen Germany or France and Holland, and I was impressed with Holland as they haven't played well over the last couple of years. And they've gone up a level. Ronald Koeman now is the manager mm. there. And, and they have stepped up their level. Now, it did take them to go down a couple of goals to get them into it. But uh, there's a bit of promise there. France, 
fans look like they're enjoying their lives now they were all out celebrating out on the pitch like they won the World Cup but they're not they're still celebrating actually winning the World Cup all the players came out one by one and yeah. you know so they're still they still have that buzz around the fans are singing and chanting and singing the national anthems and stuff like that off off not just before the game but at the end of the games and stuff like that so they're still loving that moment they're dragging out as much as they possibly can and it seems like they're dragging it out but they're not going over the top of it they're yeah. taking the positives but they're also taking right well we didn't do this right we didn't do this right Yes, we're still world champions. Yes, we have to celebrate with our fans. Yes, we have to thank them. Yes, yeah. we have to thank all the players. Now, it's a real family kind of bond. Yeah, yeah. That's and exactly what it is. Like, you see, Conte wouldn't be the most, you know, talk... Well, no, not chat. He wouldn't be the most... Conte. He, he, he wouldn't be the most Pogba-esque no, player. No, And you see all the players trying to get him involved. And but they love him. They, you, they do. If he wasn't it, a good footballer, they wouldn't love him. <laughs> <laughs> that's true he, put, they've ha- he definitely has dug them out of some holes yeah. and you see they're they're thankful for each other on the pitch I think they're they appreciate thankful for it, don't each they? other off the pitch yeah. they're thankful off the pitch for what happens on the pitch they're thankful on the pitch for what happens off the pitch you know it's it's what Southgate is trying to is build, trying to build yeah. and he's doing a very good job at it but it's it's still not perfect no and he, he needs a couple more years yeah. under his belt doesn't he he, he does, and, you know, he's, he seemed to knit the team, a young team, very well together. He seemed to knit them very well together for the for the World Cup. You know, and not into knitting, but imagine if you start knitting something and then leave it for a couple of months. It's kind of, when you go back to it, it's not going to be the same thing you left there. So, Is there something you want to tell us? No, I don't know how to knit. Uh, stop. Is, is there a reason why you were missing? Is there classes going on? Yeah, just see, <laughs> I have a lovely jumper outside. I can't wait for our Christmas jumper. It says big, <laughs> the big kickoff. I say, yeah, it doesn't say Pats or something, nonsense like that. Does it? Listen, Group 4 in League B is obviously Ireland, Wales and Denmark. Wales stuffed us. Denmark then went on and beat Wales 2-0. Not their futsal team, not their amateurs. They got it together and they got their team together and basically strolled against Wales. So... And it's up to us now in the double header to get back into that group. Bosnia are top of Group Three in League B, uh, beating both Austria and Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland were unlucky, and it showed us the way that we should try to approach games. They were just a bit unlucky to 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 to, to lose against uh, Bosnia because they played unbelievably well, and the rest of the groups really aren't worthwhile uh, chatting about. Group D though is the one that we were talking about, and Georgia. A maximum six points. Luxembourg, who are in with Belarus, Moldova, and San Marino, on six points possibility for a Luxembourg. Well, that's that's good. Like Isn't Belarus, you, you'd would be probably one of the better teams, and yeah. you'd, you'd probably Luxembourg aren't a big city. They have a smaller pool of, play, so pool of players to pick from. So there's a, a buzz in Luxembourg yeah. now at the moment. But then again, like there's, there's all sorts of teams there. Macedonia, six points. Armenia, three points. Liechtenstein, three points in their, in their group. So it does give us that little bit of a lift. And of course, Scotland. I watched Scotland, Albania, and uh, Scotland have three points. Albania, three points. Israel, nil. Scotland actually look decent at their level. They look decent. But uh, obviously... Belgium stuffed them, that, but that's two leagues above. So, uh, I, th- I think I think there's definitely merit for the Nations League. Yeah, uh, the, if I was to change one thing, I would change the way the A team A leagues work. Is whoever finishes top of each division goes into a semi final or final. 
best off if you could kind of do that with every division. Yeah. So you have a B final, a C final. No, they do have a B final, C final. Yes. It's the four groups. So you have the four groups. So say in, we'll just go group B because Ireland are in it. The four groups, those four winners of each group. Gone to the semi. Barring they haven't qualified through their next qualifying campaign, the European Championships. So say the top four uh, are, I don't know who's in, in them groups, but the top four of them will go through the semi-final final and then one of those will win if say if it's Ireland and Ireland go on and qualify through the normal route then it wouldn't be Ireland it would be either Denmark or Wales who would go into it I just thought it was the best team best placed team points wise in all the groups or, that, no in in one from A, one from B, one from C, no. one from D. No, 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 no. Because the A final is on next June. Yeah. And then the other ones are on the following March. Oh, I, yeah. no, the way so I, that's why they all get a chance to qualify. Because there is definitely going to be one of those out of Group D that definitely yeah, qualify. The way I thought it was done was the team with the most points. There's no semi-final and final. The team with the most points that hasn't already qualified gets an gets automatic. Gets the It just gets handed yeah. the goal. No, there's ticket. definitely, definitely it, semi-finals and finals. So. Well, it's a... It's a trophy, isn't it? The trophy, that's it. We'll be back after this break. Tune to Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Now, just to finish off on a, I suppose, a footballing team, uh, we have a story from Tony Cascarino. Hi, I'm Tony Cascarino. This is my close shave with Dollar Shave Club. I'm going to take you back to the early 90s. And the Republic of Ireland, who I played for, played the Northern Ireland. The importance is there. We can go to the World Cup. Now, there was a lot of tension there because when we went training, we'd have the army guys protecting the team. We know the consequences of winning and losing, making the finals at 1994 in America. Uh, and then Jimmy Quinn scores for Northern Ireland. Immediately at that moment, Jack Charlton says to me, get that top off, you're going on. As I pull my top off, I've got the training T-shirt that I've done the warm-up in. Jack's looking at me. I said, I've left my shirt in the dressing room. He went, you what? David Kelly, who was another player with the Republic, give me your number. He went, you can't do that, you f-ing idiot. We're getting thrown out of the competition. Charlie O'Leary, our kit man, off you go. And that time, obviously we're losing 1-0. Jackie's rage is there for everybody to see. Blue in the face, angry, swearing, telling me you're a f-ing idiot, you're this, you're that. So he's not looking at the match and it's gone on for about a minute or so. Alan McLaughlin, God bless him, a uh, Republic of Ireland player, he scores and makes it 1-1. Charlie O'Leary comes back with a shirt. I still go on. And we end up drawing the match 1-1. We've made World Cup 94. And we're heading back to Dublin. Jack comes up to me and sits next to me and says, what are you going to do tonight? I said, Jack, we're going out to celebrate. He says, well, make sure you buy a drink to Alan McLaughlin because he saved your international career because you would not have played me ever again. I went on to make another 50 or 60 appearances for Ireland. That was my close show. I'm fairly sure that Jack Charlton wouldn't have let him play for the next uh, 50 or 60 caps. I don't understand. Do you know what I don't understand? I've seen this numerous. It seems to come more into the game. Players not having their shin guards on. I don't get that. Why not, why not have your shin guards on? When you t- you see, t- see them turn around, the manager turn around, right, get yourself ready, and they're putting their shin guards off. Why don't they have their shin guards on already? I don't get it. I don't like the way they wear shin guards in the first place. Oh, I do. Well, I'll tell you, this is my story about shin guards. It's how old I am, right? When I was 12 years of age... Like take the back off the tree or something, was it? Yeah, it was something like that. I hated wearing shin guards. Uh, You didn't have to wear them, so I didn't. So when you were 10, 11, 12, uh, didn't really wear shin guards. The odd time I think I did, uh, but I didn't really like them. No one liked them. And then 
they brought a rule in that everyone had to wear shin guards. So under 13s, I think, we have to wear shin guards now. And if you didn't, you weren't allowed to play. So very first game of the league. Uh, this is with Luke and United. Very first game of the league at home. And I went in for a tackle. No, I was going for a ball and a fella went in. This is only about 10 minutes into the game. And he went over the ball and caught me right on the shin. And I went down and got back up. I had a look, pulled my sock down, and my shin guard was snapped in half. And ever since that, I never, ever decided I was never going to wear a shin guard again. But that could have been my leg broken in an instant. So that rule came in just in time for us. But I, I can understand why people don't want to wear shin guards, but it's definitely there for the right reason. But I do see I, people wearing shin guards now that are the size of, you know, mini me. Yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing there. So I, I just. I don't think there's enough hard tackles, in, in the especially in the Premier League. To mer- whatever about international football, it can get a bit feisty, but you know, to merishing guards, I think a two pick wouldn't even snap at some of the tackles that are thrown, thrown or, or some of the fifty fifties. You know, give Ronaldo, give him a, a hurl and send him out in Croker. <laughs> so listen, Vincent Company revealed today. Why Belgian players laughed at Romelu, Romelu Lukaku after he announced he would retire from international football after Euro 2020. Did you hear this? No. Yeah. Seemingly, he, he, he said, mentioned, he says, Vincent Company has revealed that his Belgium team laughed at Romelu Lukaku, claiming he would retire after 2020. The Manchester United striker revealed that he had plans to retire from Belgium duty following the Competition. Continental competition. Continental. <laughs> in two years' time after helping his nation third place in the World Cup, Lukaku is only 25, but his desires to stop representing his country uh, came as a shock to many fans. Uh, is that just saying stuff? Surely you couldn't be finishing at 27 years of age from international football when it's your only ever chance with the team that they have. You know, he may Belgium may never get a chance like this again to win a, a, a major tournament. So, what do you reckon? Do you know what? Actually, it just popped into my head there. Maybe he wants someone to play alongside. And he's maybe, lonely. <laughs> maybe he's like, right, if I say this to manager, I might call someone into the squad. You know, might be unreal. You might get to play alongside. Like a bit of, you know, we had Griezmann and uh, Giroud. I'll go up, knock the ball down to him. I'll get a few headers. Happy as Larry, will stay on. I'm sure it gets lonely up there. Oh, I'm sure, sure it does. does. Especially when you're... When you're a big man, you want to hold up the ball and lay it off and there's no one there to lay it off. And it's, it's just... 82nd minute, a bit tired, need a hug. Tumbleweed going by you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Maybe you might have a point I'm there. Right. Yeah, yeah, it might be lonely. Listen, Juventus offer scouting jo- job to who? Is it... Um, Oh, is the the old goal manager, is it? No. That would have been that's a good shout now, would it? But it's not. Italian right champions there. Juventus have hired Matt Hanover. Hanover leaves his role as assistant coach at non league St. Newt's Town to embark a career move of a lifetime. Seemingly they've been scouting them. Uh in they're from they've been Cambridge. Scouting the scout. Scouting the scout. <laughs> obviously happens who scouts the scout I don't know their lead head scout I don't know but isn't it, it's unbelievable uh, it says Matt Clements the, the Cambridgeship Club's current manager says the team are moving in the right direction and Juve's poaching is a compliment on his world class coaching team 
considering the Syria as a budget and the size of the club. That's, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a tip of the hat to the club if, if they're doing something right, if they're getting in. That is some football He must be some move right there. Isn't, isn't it? That you wouldn't think that would that, like, that'd happen at like all. I've exhausted all my budget and my scout left. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cambridge, here I come. <laughs> uh, John Terry. JT. Same, but he obviously hasn't started off the season. He ended at, what was this, Aston Villa last Villa season. last year, yeah. And decided he was going to leave Aston Villa. For his old pal in Derbyshire. And he hasn't, he hasn't got a club. Did he not go to Derby? No, he didn't get a club. He turned down t- uh, uh, this week a move to Spartak Moscow. I turned that down as well. It's uh, 37-year-old who is a free agent following his exit from Aston Villa at the end of last season is understand understood to have a medical in Rome on Friday ahead of the proposed move, move but was a change of heart. It is believed that his decision is based on his, wife. his family. Yes. Family, not just the wife. Don't always blame the wife. It's not always their fault. Right, well, ho- now, if you're eight-year-old or however old your children are, however old his children are, came up and said, yeah, that don't want to go to Rome. Are you going to listen to him? Are you going to listen to your wife? It's not Rome, though. It's Moscow. You said Rome. He did his medical in Rome. Yeah, well, still. <laughs> they're only young children. They don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on either. I said Moscow. You said Rome. <laughs> I said it is medical in Rome. You don't, they don't go to cold places to do their medicals. You know, they do nice ones. Yeah, why would you go to I don't cold know. places? I have no. Well, that's exactly I, I, I would have There's a couple of places now. If I was a professional footballer, I wouldn't go to Russia and I wouldn't go to Turkey. Or they're Dubai. But well, your, your career's over if you're there. You can't no. play in any European competition, so you might as well forget it. If you move outside of Europe, forget about any aspirations of being a footballer because there's no no real competition then. Yeah, but if you move outside Europe, you're just in it for the cash. That's insane. It's it's purely a a, a monetary value. It's nothing got to do with your football, I suppose, wishes or determination. It's just all money. Or you just want to bang in a few guys. Or if you want to be like Tevez and you want to go back home and see the family and play in their league, that's fine. That's grand. But if you're really... I suppose determined to make progress in your career you want to be playing Europe because that's where it is so unless you've been in Europe except if you want to play in Turkey and Moscow or Russia I just don't get I don't get see Tur- unless you were like a football fan and appreciated the atmospheres well then again then Turkey yeah Turkey is yeah I, yeah you, probably like. probably but uh, or I, I tell you what I would Turkey be too bloody hot for me and Moscow be too bloody cold for me, so... Um, uh, Moscow's not that cold now. It is in the winter. Obviously. But everywhere's cold in the winter. But you get your, you get your, your break now. Yeah, yeah, but they, they get their break, but they still have to play Champions League and European competitions. So they're still training throughout that sort yeah. of period. So they're but not they, really finished. But do you know if they actually train in Russia? Or maybe they go to Rome. I'm yeah, trying. maybe that's where maybe the Russians have a plot there somewhere. They just train in Rome, <laughs> play in Rome. It's it's all just a cover up. The Premier League. The Premier League will test video assistant referees or VAR technology across multiple games for the first time on Saturday. After VAR tests at individual fixtures last season, the Premier League now wants to see how the system copes with several games 
uh, at the same time. The trial across all five 3 p.m. kickoffs will be at the central VAR hub. So they all go to the one place. Yeah, it looks like it, yeah. So, so come April and you have Liverpool and Chelsea and City fighting for the title and they both kick off, all three of them kick off at three o'clock and, you know, a penalty is conveniently given to Man City, the second Liverpool concede and the conspiracy series car coming out of the woodwork. That's got to go that well, isn't it? There's always conspiracy theory. Especially with Liverpool. Especially with Liverpool when they lose it. Yeah, when I'm they battle glad it. That chair <laughs> now, so I, I'm actually, so this is all from one hub. What if the electricity goes down? Is that it? It's just gone. Like, well, what if the electricity oh, goes and they have a backer, here. right? They have something, a generator out the back. They pour a bit of petrol in or something. <laughs> but what if that goes? Like, it's that it then? Does, yeah, you does have, the game you continue? Have, you obviously have the screen yeah. for the ref. So yeah. he maybe yeah, but there's hint. no one to fast forward it and rewind it because they can't do anything in the hub. You get a keyboard and a mouse. <laughs> right, yeah, Sky Sports. I'm sure, I'm sure it's all sponsored. Like I'm sure it is. All right, okay. Um, listen, you have a conspiracy theory of your own. Do I? You do. It's got to do with the FAI Cup. Oh yeah. Um, I, oh jeez, I'm I'm losing count of the numbers here, but it's a stupid amount of draws. Dundalk and Cork conveniently avoid each other. Now, um. Dundalk, I think, got drawn against Convenient, UCD, who are conveniently in the first division. And Dundalk are conveniently owned by an outside team who the FAI obviously don't want to annoy. And obviously don't want them to pull out the league, because then they might actually have to open their wallets and throw a few cents at the league. Um, oh, no, it's just... So you think that there's a possibility that it's put together in a certain structure for... Uh, the benefit of all things kind of football related financially I, I I think so but I think the FAI are very stupendous to overlook that if Bowes got to the final it would probably be the most they would get the most money over yeah Bowes travel everywhere very well yeah 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 Derry travel to finals very very well mm. so uh, albeit Cork will play either Bowes or Derry for some reason I fancy Bowes right because they're the better team at the moment they just seem to have decided oh yeah football goals that's how it works Um, I, I fa- but if Bowes were to make it to the cup final against Cork against Dundalk you know a lot of Cork fans are probably going oh Jesus another cup final yeah. Nah. Too easy, you know. Typical Cork fans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Try to be a little bit neutral. <laughs> but no, it, I think it's gotten to the point where Dundalk play Cork again. Both sets of fans are going, oh, not this again. It's going to be f- it's more or less the, a full house. Is yeah. that what you're saying? No, or I think a full house for a potential cup final can be, you know. It, I, I think there's. It could be. If if it is to be fixed, they're looking at it the wrong way. There's much, t- there's m- many more teams that would. It's only allegedly. It's only well, allegedly. It's a conspiracy it's, theory it's here. Conspiracy, and if it is, there's much more teams that would attract a bigger following to the final. So it clearly goes to show right. that if if now it is fairness, fixed, in fairness to you, you did shout this earlier on. Yeah, not just. For the semi-finals, but earlier on in the draws, so and, I, and I, it has. I uh, said this made it 
crude around to this situation and last year as well as yeah well i wasn't obviously here last year but no you weren't <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on another cup competition scottish challenge cup the, is this the in brew the iron brew scottish challenge cup and of course in the third round of the scottish challenge cup sutton united of england have been drawn against bohemians of ireland sutton they're not the team that made it to like the semi-final are they? They didn't, make, they didn't make semi-finals, but they they beat Coventry and yeah. they beat they, they had a few cup shocks and along the, the different got years. Your man banned for eating a pie on the side. Oh, is that them? Yeah. Is that them? Yeah, that could have been them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so Dar- it was near Derby and Derby's in Sutton, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. So yeah. I think it is Sutton. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, isn't it? It's like I've seen a couple of the teams in it. They're not great teams, but really and truly, Bowes and Sligo and Sligo are, sti- are, are still in it. Bowes and Sligo. They should be making a fair go at this, shouldn't they? Well, Sligo and Bowes have probably bigger things to focus on. Sligo could actually do it, getting to the final and getting a bit of money out of it. But yeah. it, again, it probably just just about cancels out your your wages yeah, and your yeah. tra- traveling Ex- expenses. expenses and stuff so like that. I, I like the idea of the cup. Yeah. Um, I don't like the, but like, you know. It's up to the team whether to accept the invite or not. Um, actually, conveniently, um, it was turned down by a team, and it was then handed on to Bowes. Oh, who was it turned down by Pat? Yeah, was it? Yeah, it actually was. No way. Uh, because Bray, obviously, were banned from taking part in it, which I don't get because they're skinned. They ah, can't afford no, to travel. Yeah. It, 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 and they can't afford to sign players if we, so go, if we go into uh, a whole sanctions thing which never made any sense no it's like, it, oh, that, that was just to be shown to be doing something yeah. that, that was just it's, nonsense it's, it's the same in England oh you don't have Bolton a two year transfer transfer embargo because you don't have money yeah I think that that's pointless. That's yeah. good for us. We save money yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, actually no now that I look at it like that that's probably how the FA thought of it? Yeah, probably, but yeah, I don't know. There's some sometimes they they do make these yeah, city rules. Just, oh yeah. Um, they need to be helping clubs. They need to be enforced and keeping an eye on them. Uh, probably a little bit stricter than they are. Anyhow, we're finished. We yeah. are. Yeah. So listen, we'll be back next week. Uh, full list list. Oh, Liverpool and Spurs are on a half twelve on Saturday, so that's a big game. League of Ireland was. Um. Derry are playing bowls next week. They should be. Um, a couple of games. I think there's a near enough a full league fixture list throughout the weekend. Is it five or six games left? Uh, six. Six games left. And so um, it's coming down to the wire. And with the slip up is. last week at Cork, maybe that's one slip up too many. But I it's think, well, you know, we you look. Back you would have thought that the week before, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. But you know, it's it, it really is heating up. You know, Waterford are starting to uh, fall from grace a bit. Yeah. Um, Rovers are Rovers doing are okay doing okay Bowes have p- kicked it up a notch yeah. but it looks like Pats have kicked it up a notch Sligo kicked it up a notch Bray they couldn't go down a notch no. so, um, <laughs> but they're going down the league <laughs> well no they are yeah. um, well even if they didn't they shouldn't be get a licence next year So uh, and if the league one will be an interesting division it, one it, will it be does. an interesting I, I fancy shells yeah to yeah. go back up I'm um, actually little stuff for you four years since Pat's played Shells in a competitive match is it 
Yeah, and Leinster Senior Cup is technically a competitive match, and that's the two teams that will meet in the final. Very good. So, right. um, you know, I'm going to go out on a name and say it's probably Cork and Cove in the Munster one. <laughs> yeah. It usually is. Yeah. Is there is there a point to them games? Um, is that just added games for no reason I, whatsoever? I, I th- it's good if you're a non-league side. It's good if you're Dundalk and you have a big squad depth. Yeah. And um, it's good to keep my superstition alive that every time Barry Murphy and Brendan Clark are in the Pat squad, we win something. So um, it looks like we're still on. Okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs>